worship leaders, worship musicians, and church techs. Do you have a problem with gas? No, not that gas, a different gas. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Blueprint Sounds. My name is Nathan Smith. Today we're going to be talking about GAS, which is actually an acronym. It stands for Gear Acquisition Syndrome. And we're going to talk about how you know when you have it and when you might not have it. But first, I want to give you something. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free PDF guide called 25 Chart Topping Arrangement Tricks. If you have a song that you've been working on with your worship team that you wish was more exciting, Download this PDF, and it gives you 25 great ideas to make your song more interesting throughout the song. It gives you a couple sentences about why that trick works, and then it gives you a song from the radio so that you can hear the trick in action. Again, go to my website or click on the link nearby, blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25 tricks. All right, with that, let's talk about gear acquisition syndrome. Gear acquisition syndrome, or GAS, has plagued many worship leaders, worship musician, and church tech. We're always looking at magazines or online for that next guitar or the next bass or the next drum set. Or if you're like me recording music, you're looking at microphones and interfaces and plugins for compressors and EQs and delays and reverbs. There's all this stuff. There's so many options. And wouldn't you know it, it's America. Everybody has something to sell you. Well, how do you know when you've tipped the scales and you've gone into gas where it's maybe not a healthy thing? to be looking at gear so much. Well, here are four ways that you can diagnose that you probably have gas and you should probably hold off on that purchase, but there's also three ways that you can know that it is a wise purchase. Sign number one, are you surfing the web and researching more than you're creating music? That's a big one, because oftentimes it can be so easy, we all know it's easy to be on our phones, But when you've got something on your mind, like, oh, I want to know what about that new microphone that I think might be the missing link to make the sound exactly like I want it. Well, you end up just scrolling, reading review after review. Maybe you do the shootout YouTube video thing where you're listening to, okay, what does this one sound like compared to that one? But think about the time that you lost to actually be able to make music with the gear that you already have. If you add that up, and you add up the mental capacity that it took to do all of that scrolling and thinking, you probably could have done something pretty cool in the meantime. Instead, you just looked at advertisements and wasted your time. The number two way you know that you have gas is that your shopping list has convinced you not to start something. And this happened to me while I was making my album. And here was my mindset, and and I'll share with you the lie that I had given into. So I I had enough gear to get going, but I thought, okay, this is really important to me. This album means something to me. I want it to be great. I really believe in the songs. The arrangements are there. Okay, so the missing link must be that one microphone or that plugin that I don't have. But there was always another thing. There's always another thing down the line. Once you get that thing, you know, maybe you've had something on your list and you actually give in to your gas and you get it. Well, what inevitably you find is that right after that or a little bit after that, it wasn't the missing link. It wasn't the thing that you thought it would be. It didn't solve every single one of your problems. 
Well, it must be the next one. It must be the combination of those things, right? Well, the lie that you're giving into is that to sound like your heroes, because obviously you've probably researched, you've probably listened to interviews, you've probably looked at the studios of your heroes, you thought that that's what they had that made it work. But what you didn't see was the hours and years that those masters spent getting better at their craft, whether it was playing their instrument, being a vocalist, or if they're a mix engineer, the hours they spent mixing other people's music, getting things to be amazing. And guess what? They could sound amazing using your cheap gear more so than you would sound amazing using their expensive gear. That's the lie that gas makes you believe is that the thing is going to give you more improvement than spending the hours in the chair and getting it done. The thing that makes or breaks your album or your project or whatever is you. It's your musicality. It's your ability. It's your skills as a mixer. It's not the gear, right? It just isn't. You starting with what you have and improving will make a much bigger difference than you waiting to fulfill your shopping list. Because guess what? Once you get your shopping list, you still haven't improved your skills. You haven't gotten better with your tools. You just have nice tools, but that hasn't made you a master. So focus on starting. Focus on getting stuff done with what you have and looking around at the resources that you have. Especially if you're recording music, I guarantee you that the stuff in your computer, whether it's Logic or Pro Tools, the stuff that comes bundled, the EQs and compressors, that, if you learned how to use that, would make you better than just waiting and fulfilling your shopping list. So do not let your shopping list keep you from beginning. You are going to make incremental but steady progress if you just get going. You're going to learn so much more than you would thinking, oh, I'm going to leapfrog everybody once I have the best gear. It doesn't work like that. We think it works like that, and there's a lot of advertising that makes us think, oh, that's the missing link. The thing I don't have must be what's keeping me from greatness. What's keeping you from greatness is that you haven't started. The third way that you know you have gas is that you're more conscious of what you lack than what you have. Limitations are a good thing, especially limitations in gear, because they force you to make the most use of the resources that you have. Throughout the lifespan of the guitar, hundreds of thousands of people, probably millions, have owned a guitar at one point. And yet not everybody sounds like Andre Segovia or Jimi Hendrix or Van Halen or what have you. Name your guitar hero. Why is that? Because some of those guys decided they were going to mine that instrument for all that it was worth. They were going to figure out everything that they could possibly do on that instrument, and they came up with some great stuff along the way. Same thing with the piano. It's all got 88 keys, and yet not all of us are world famous. Why? Well, some people mined the instrument and some didn't. So you don't necessarily need more resources as much as you need to see what is already in front of you. And that's the great thing about limitations is that it forces you to try and find out how can I make creative use of the stuff that I've already got. And the number four way that you know you have gas is that you secretly want the legitimacy that gear provides. You imagine rolling up with that new thing, whatever it is, and having your friends go, ooh, over it. Does that mean that you can play better? No, it means that you spent your money on that thing. And that's 
all it means. It says nothing about your ability. And yet, we attach so much status and legitimacy to stuff that we often look with our eyes more than we listen with our ears. Can the guy play? I don't know, but he has a great pedal board. All of this stems from the same problem, and that is this. Making your fantasy more captivating than your reality. Because in your fantasy, you can be a legend, right? In your fantasy, that album is going to be so good once you get that piece. It's all in the future. It's all imagined. And you can make excuses for it when it doesn't come because, oh, I'm waiting on this or that. Reality, on the other hand, is kind of cruel. Hey, these are my skills as a guitar player. This is how my album sounds. This is the gear that I had to do it on, and this is what it is. Well, you have to deal with that in the real world. You can't fantasize about what it would sound like. You can't make excuses when it's right there in front of your face. And sometimes that disappoints us that we don't sound as good as we wish we could. But you should get addicted to something other than the fantasy, and that is progress. Right? I have things on my first album that I'm not particularly proud of. I thought the cymbals were too hot. My snare drum is kind of anemic and it's not EQ'd in the right way. Now I know that. Well, guess what? I'm going to go make another one. It's about the process. It's about the progress that's made rather than the product. So don't treat the product like, oh, this is going to be my last song that I'm ever going to write and it has to be perfectly recorded because this is going to stand for all time. It's probably not. But the process is more valuable because you're going to get better and better and better. So when is a purchase not gassy, right? When is it actually a good idea? Here's three instances where gear is necessary. First, when you've outgrown what you've got. So my first guitar was my dad's old Silvertone. It was beat up, it had chunks ripped out of it, and the tuners were so rusty that I had to use both of my small middle school hands to get it to tune which was kind of a good thing because then it wouldn't go out of tune very easily. My second guitar was an acoustic that was gifted to me. I played that for years. My third guitar was a Dan Electro with confetti sparkles in the finish that I got for like a hundred bucks at a guitar center sale. It wasn't until my fourth guitar that I felt I had really stepped up to an adult guitar. It was an American Standard Strat, just like my teacher's, that I had found online and bought used off a guy. And that one... Oh man, I remember the first time I plugged it in and had brought it home. My dad had gone with me and paid for half of it. That sense of achievement and fulfillment that finally like, oh, I'm playing what the pros play was so cool. I can still remember that from high school. But I had to outgrow three other guitars, all of which I still have, until I finally got to that one was like, okay, now I'm at this pro level, so to speak. That sense of achievement and having outgrown a piece of gear and moved into another piece of gear is fantastic, and that's the opposite of gas. So that is one reason why a purchase might be a great idea, when you've spent years on an instrument to the point where it actually holds you back. And that's the second thing, is that if an instrument holds you back, then it, yes, it is time to move on to another one. Christopher Kimball, who's a famous chef, was doing an interview with a guy, and, and the, the interviewer asked him, hey, what's a, a good starter you know, kit of cookware to get? And he said, well, don't get starter cookware because you'll burn food because the metal isn't quality enough, right? You as a chef need to make improvements, but if the gear lets you down, if the, if the cookware lets you down, if the knife isn't sharp, then you're not going to cook well. 
It's the same way with gear. There is a minimum threshold that you have to meet. It's going to be different for every single thing. That's why when I taught young kids, I would always caution their parents, hey, don't buy a cheap toy of a guitar or a ukulele that won't stay in tune because it will just frustrate your young student and they'll eventually give up. You have to get something that's good enough to actually play with so that they can learn. It can't be junk. And number three, when you can't do your job without it, then yeah, you need to step up to a pro piece of gear. But notice what I said, when you can't do your job without it. That means that you're getting paid for what you're doing. And having a business puts pressure on you because you have to justify, okay, I'm going to make this much, but I'm going to spend this much. If it's a hobby, if you already made your fortune in finance and this is your, you know, your dream studio, then do whatever you want. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about the working musician. Once you need it for your job, well, then, of course, you're going to write that off on your taxes, and that's a different sort of thing. That's not a gassy purchase. That's just doing business. So to all my tech and musician friends out there, remember, you should always be creating more than you're surfing the web. You should always be more interested in making progress in reality than building out your shopping list or your fantasy. And you should always be more interested in learning how to make the most of the resources that you have rather than being focused on what you don't have. Hey, I hope that helps you and I hope you make some great music this week. Again, if you need help with your arrangements, go to blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25 tricks. Until next week, God bless and goodbye.